With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Welcome, welcome, welcome anyone who calls in, anyone who listens to The Rant Show. This is a subsidiary, a branch off, a spinoff, a side show of... Daily Talk, with your host, Rich Renegum. This tonight is an impromptu holiday show. This is what I call a flash podcast. And I'm looking forward to our callers from all over the country. And I think it's going to be a fun and exciting show. Hopefully we'll have a, my regular caller, The Wind from Illinois, uh, Terry Hoffman. Uh, I'm expecting her to call in from uh, up there in Illinois. And uh, she's 200 miles south of Chicago, I believe. She's originally from Alabama, but she's in Illinois, has been for, gosh, (laughs) a number of decades. Hopefully we will have another caller or two tonight. A number of people are aware that the show is, taking place. This is, again, the Holiday Rant Show with your host, Rich Murdoch. And I'm just waiting for the calls to start. Rant about anything you want to, rant about anything you want to. If Dan Patrick gets home from Tampa, Florida, we know he has plenty of things to gripe about. He always does. Hopefully, Terry in Illinois will have a few things to gripe about. I have a few things myself to gripe about. I'm not going to air them publicly at the moment. It's more fun to wait until a few other people have started graphing and airing their rants, and then I will, uh, of course, air mine, uh, which, again, the purpose of this show, 724-444-7444, and call out 137 plus the pound sign. Call in, rant, once this becomes a YouTube video, share it with your friends. Get them started calling into my show, which normally airs on Saturday evenings. I've been taking a brief hiatus. Uh, I had a kind of a vacation from the talk show for a, a while. I think I haven't done one in a couple of months now, but that's going to change. I think with the new year, with 2018 ushering in, uh, I'll begin doing this on a more regular, consistent basis, particularly now that I've got two years. Oh, my gosh. We're already going on three years. Can you believe this? Three years. Where did the time go? I first started airing the show in March of 2015, and some of the first uh, early shows, uh, my very first guest was Becky Butchko discussing the Johnstown flood. And you want to hear that in the archives here, go to Researcher 135 Archives, and uh, you can hear it there. And uh, definitely would like for you to 
hear all of my different shows, of which there's about 200 of them, I guess, total, you know, over a three-year period, something like that. Because I've done more than just the weeklies. Occasionally, I'll do other stuff from time to time. But generally speaking, it would air on a Saturday night, usually at uh, 7 Central Time, 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific. And I've had interesting, fascinating guests. Donya Wicken with Ben, Zen of Ben. Ben is a disembodied spirit, of course, who lives, you know, a ghost who lives there in the house with with her. And then I've had uh, Irina Nola. She's lots of fun. And, of course, I had uh, Dr. Nils Rasmussen, a veterinarian up in the uh, Seattle area. He's, he's great, too. Wendy Rose Williams has been a repeat guest. She's been on, oh, geez, five, six, seven, eight times maybe. I don't know. Now she's got her own radio show up there in the Seattle area. Yeah, she's she's great. She's on once a month in the daytime. Uh, she's moved right on up. And she's got books out, and she's doing conventions, and I'm very proud. There's a shout-out to Wendy Rose Williams. Wendy, wherever you are, hello. And then I had Darcy Pariso. She's wonderful, too. She's uh, done a lot, a lot of good for the animals. She's very, very animal-oriented, wonderful, wonderful lady. And, of course, there was Jude and Paul Ponton, and they they work with a, a sound healing, and they're fantastic as well. They were guests on the show. And Dan Patrick, Dan Patrick has been a regular. My friend down in Tampa, Florida. Shows with him are always very, very interesting because he generally does bring out political issues. Uh, Dan likes to discuss politics, you know, and that can be very insightful and divisive. That can usually get a, a show stirred up in a hurry when we get opposing views on here. And it's fun to have opposing views, you know. That's what makes the whole show interesting. You know, if everybody agreed all the time about everything, what a dull, boring daily talk we would have. So I encourage you to not only voice your opinion, but disagree without being disagreeable. Let's agree to disagree. And to not particularly, since we're having a rant show and a rap show, it's, well, it's just good manners to be polite. You can disagree with people and still be polite about it. You can, you know, you know, just come on and say what you want to say. And you can do it in, in a polite way without necessarily being aggressive or rude about expressing your opinion. Uh it's it's always a, a judgment call, particularly if people name calling and, and below the belt attacks. You know, normally that doesn't happen here on Daily Talk. That doesn't even happen on the Rant Show. Though we've had a few zingers here and there, and I need to go back and create another best of show, I guess, of all the the zingers, as they say. Uh, but boy, there've been some doozies. There've been some good ones. And uh, you can see YouTube videos, uh, by the way, on the Richard, Richard 
Bernardo channel on YouTube in which I've gone back and taken key episodes of key moments from key episodes of uh, Daily Talk and created episodes uh, there on YouTube that you can watch. Uh, there's some Wendy Rose Williams episodes. There's some Dan Patrick episodes. Uh, Cherry from Illinois is in a lot of them because she's called into a lot of different shows. Uh, so, I want you to definitely feel free to go back and listen to those, not only just here in the archives, they research a one three five community call on daily talk. That you want to uh, watch those YouTube videos as well, and leave a comment. I like feedback. I like comments. So leave a thumbs up if you like the show. Also visit my Facebook group, uh, Daily Talk. There's also a rant show uh, Facebook group. Uh, there's Rich Vernado Productions and Rich Vernado Audio Works, and you're welcome to join all of those as well. And recently I launched the Rich Vernado News Network, and I would, of course, love for as many people as want to, to to join up with that too, where I post interesting news stories uh, daily and weekly, uh, you know, different things uh, as they occur that uh, I think are, are worth sharing and worth commenting on and worth discussing. They're there on the Rich Vernado News Network uh, group there on Facebook. So you're going to want to become, obviously, become a part of that uh, as well. So do that in your spare time. And you can share all of our shows. So you can share the YouTube videos uh, into different groups. Share it with your friends on Facebook. Share it into different groups. Download uh, the audio shows from uh, here on uh, www.talkshoe.com. You'll definitely enjoy sharing those around as well. And uh, as I say, there have been every different subject matter has been discussed over a period of time. So, what are your holiday rants? Be thinking about that as you get ready to call in. What are some of the uh, the things that, uh, you know, what are some of your rants, you know? I look forward to hearing from you in terms of uh, what your rants are. So... Ready to share our rants. Uh, as I say, I've got a number of rants too. So should be uh, should be interesting to hear your rants as well. So all of us can uh, share in the holiday spirit of ranting. And I see I have a guest, too, here in the room. So if they're having trouble calling in, they need to just keep trying. A lot of people have some difficulty 
uh, I think, determining or figuring out how to call in. I think that one of the things that's been reported to me repeatedly is the sometimes a message will come on and say if you are not a member of talk to to uh, push button one or something like that. So somebody's here. I can't really tell. And it looks like it's uh, Terry from Illinois. So I'm just... uh, Hello there, Terry. How are you? Hi, Rich. I'm fine. Well, happy holidays. Tell me about your uh, celebration. What all you have planned up so far? Oh, I don't do a whole lot. Um... I don't have any kids or a husband, so uh, I just go over to my sister's, and it's mostly her family and, you know, what's what's left of my family. And, you know, we just have a lot of good food and, and good things to eat and drink, and we enjoy the kids, and so it's just, it's just family time. Well, I think family's the, one of the main things during the holidays. It's very, very, very important. I was noticing on Facebook the other day, you, you talked about visiting a mall where a lot of the stores were closed. Tell, tell us a little about that. I think retail is really taking a, a hit this year, and it probably because of oh, each other. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, they said that, you know, the, uh, uh, you know, people ordering online has just gone through the roof. And, uh, yeah, I was at the outlet store, and I think, I believe it has the capability there. It's it's a store about 30 miles from me. It has a capability of about 70 stores. And I would say about, uh, I doubt that half the stores are, are have any businesses in them at all. It's just really sad. I was talking to uh, some of the sales clerks as I went around to the different uh, stores. And they said that, you know, this store closed up, you know, a month ago. And this store next to us, that's closing up, you know, in another month's time. And just, they said it's just a sign of the times. And I was there on Tuesday. And it should, well, I'm sorry, Monday. And, you know, this close to Christmas, I thought that it would be packed. It's a huge place. And it just, very few cars there. Very few cars there at all. So that was kind of shocking for me. It makes you wonder exactly what is going on economically. I mean, I'm hearing some really dire predictions for 2018. I hope they're wrong. I hope things turn around and that it doesn't happen, but I'm I'm hearing maybe another 2008 that we maybe we're going to have another great recession. I hope that's not the case. Well, if you'll notice, you know, the stocks are going up and up and up and up and up. And what goes up has to come down mm-hmm. as far as investments go. That's just, you know, the nature of the beast. You know, and I don't know, it seems like seems people around here, they seem like they have, they have a lot of money to spend on things that they really don't need. But yet, most of them are not prepared if they have a $500 emergency. You know, which to me is... Kind of, I don't know, odd. 
I guess I just wasn't, I'm just not geared that way. You know, I'd rather be prepared for emergencies than, you know, run out and buy the next $1,000 iPhone. And I wonder how much of that is a generational thing and how much of that is just not learning any money management skills. I mean, it, it really makes you wonder, you know, just what's going on there. Uh, it well, really does. Well, you know, I so many people that I worked with, you know, when I was working, of course I'm retired, when I was working, just they can't, they couldn't seem to hold on to a dollar and they would spend it on stupid things. You know, it's like, oh, man, I can't wait till I get my tax refunded. I'm going to go out and I'm going to buy a 52-inch, uh, you know, screen TV. But yet, then a month later, they turn around and say, well, they're getting ready to shut my power off. I can't pay my bill. To me, that was just, my bills always came first. You know, to me, that well, was just, I don't know, just. I, I agree. Guess, and, and so many people seem to just chase the latest gadget that's come out, you'd be amazed at the amount of money people are spending on their phones. And, you know, that I've never quite understood, but there's a lot of people that'll chunk an enormous amount of money on some kind of oh, brand, yeah. you know, handheld oh, yeah. device. And see, uh, Rich, I don't even text. It, uh-huh. it has no interest for me whatsoever. You know, I guess I'm just old school. You know, I have a cell phone, but basically I carry it for emergencies. You know, and that's it. And it costs me $35 a month. See, you know, but so I've got you, people that are spending three, $400 a month on cell phone bills. Well, so but, you've got a sense of fiscal responsibility and, you know, you know where you want to allocate your money as opposed to just seeing it dissipate. You know, that, that kind of phone bill, they're just frittering money away. It's just like this one young man I know, and I watched him do it over the past few months, and I was appalled. And I'm sure if his his mom knew, and he's 28 years old, so he's not a kid anymore. You know, he's on his own. He literally spent $400 on Google cards so he could play some new game on his phone where you're buying all this imaginary stuff. It's like that farm game that came out a few years ago. I don't remember the name of it. I'm sure you've seen it and heard about it. Yeah, Farmville. I wouldn't play that crap either. Well, this thing that he's playing is something about a village, and you're building a village, and you've got to protect the village, and buy this and buy that and put up a fence yeah. and put up a wall and, you know, this and that. And everything you do costs money, but it's real yeah, money it's that you're game. spending for an imaginary yeah. thing. I mean, uh, you know, he spends hours every day playing that game. But, I mean, can you imagine, you know, using that money for something in the real world, which apparently no, is a concept that is just... No, you're saying he spends, <laughs> he spends three or $400 a month. For me, when I, you know, when I did have a house payment... That was a house payment for me, you know, oh, yeah. that's the yeah. way that I thought, you know. You know, there was many times that, you know, being a single woman, you know, working, and uh, I worked a lot of overtime and, you know, 12 hours and weekends and everything, mm-hmm. you know. Well, I paid my bills. My bills were paid first. And even if yeah. I had money left over, I would always think, oh, gosh, boy, I'd like to have that pair of jeans, you know, maybe $29 jeans, but uh, next month I got... Uh, you know, the uh, house insurance is coming up. So I didn't get that pair of jeans. You know, I did without them. You know, I had I had blue jeans. I didn't need them. So right. if I couldn't pay cash for something and didn't really need it, I didn't buy it. Now, that I guess that would be called frugal. Some people would call it worse than frugal. But 
when you don't have anyone else to rely on except yourself, you have to you have to think about those kind of things. Well, it, it just shows that you learn fiscal responsibility young in life, and a lot of people never learn it. Well, my mom and dad both came through the Depression. I don't know if yours did or not. Yeah, mine did as well. Yeah, my mom and dad came through the Depression, you know, and they were... You know, they were very poor, and they had to make do. You know, but, you know, both of them, fortunately, they, their fathers always had a job, and, you know, they always had food on the table. They might not have had very many dresses. They, I think my mother said she, all the way through high school, she had two skirts, you know, and at Christmas for them, they got an orange in their sock, and that was, to them, was just marvelous because they just couldn't afford oranges at any other time. But, you know, to think about that now, and, you know, those were kind of the stories that my mom and dad told me, you know, and you think about that kind of stuff. And my dad, you know, he just, he just, I don't know, he he didn't pound it into me, but he was like, you know, learn to save your money. And I started learning that at the age of 13 and 14 when I started babysitting everything. I saved my money and, you know, it wasn't much, but... Then when I got to be 15, 16, I didn't have a car, but I always got to go. They'd come by and pick me up because, oh, Paige, she's got money. She's got money. She can buy the gas. You know, so I always got to go. So, I don't know. It's I just don't understand these people that, you know, they'll buy things that they don't really need, but they want them, but then turn around and can't pay their bills. You know, that would just absolutely terrify me thinking about, you know, being out on the street. Yeah. It's a mindset. And and I think a lot of people, Madison Avenue has a lot to do with it. A lot of people are are brainwashed by a constant bombardment of advertising. You've got to have this, you've got to have that. And they see everybody else running around with this, and they think, well, you know, I've got to do the same thing. You know, it's sort of a yeah. keeping up with the Joneses kind of thing. Yeah. I think that's part of it. Yeah. I know what gets me is, you know, like I'll be someplace. Like the other day I was in getting my nails done. Well, I just get a manicure once a week at $7. And, um, but yet I see all these young girls coming in. They're college girls because it's at Charleston, Illinois. They're college girls. And they're driving great big, huge SUVs. Uh, you know, expensive vehicles. And I'm driving, you know, I'm a 64 retired woman that worked 45 years of her life, and I'm driving a 10-year-old Sonata because it's paid for, (laughs) you know, and it's a good car. And I wouldn't want to have the payment that, you know, they're probably paying three, four, five hundred $500 a month, that that car payment. Either they're paying it or the parents are. And that just, I don't know, it just seems odd to me, you know, that it is that way. But, well, and, and, with, and with what they're calling the millennials and then the next generation underneath that, of course, is Generation Z or the Homeland Generation, you know. Basically, anybody born since 1998, they're calling them Generation Z or the Homeland. Uh, they have no concept of the value of money. Not this no. devalued stuff that we have now because money now doesn't buy anything. It isn't worth anything. You and I can remember when a $10 bill would do something, when a $20 bill would really do something, when a $100 bill would really, really do something. Oh, yeah. But with, they're just sitting around with, with money that's essentially worthless, so they have no concept 
you know, that a $20 bill should do this and do that and it should last, you know, that, that, and so that, I think that's part of the disregard with the way they spend money because it doesn't have the value that it used to have. Well, and a lot of it's the way they're raised too now. You know, they're raised, so many of them are raised with everything, you know, and so then they expect everything and a lot of them expect expect everything for nothing. You know, I think that's an awful lot of why a lot of them don't work anymore. Now, around this area, anyway, a lot of them don't work. Oh, I, I think that's nationwide. There's there's a there's a there's a shift, and they've done interviews with uh with these young people. You know, and some of this you can find online and read about it, and and they're just not interested in in no. forty hour weeks. They're not no. interested in necessarily no. in owning owning a car. Even if they live in a city, they're just content to, to take a bus or to Uber or whatever. They'd rather spend their money on that handheld device or that video game or, or on some type of, of uh, social activity that their peers are all into. Uh, they'd rather be spending their money on that as opposed to stuff that people traditionally up until now have valued, you know, you know, like a house yeah. payment or a car payment or whatever. So I think yeah. there's a shift There's a shift in, in value in, in what uh, they're wanting to do. They're just shifting what they want to do. We're 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 really in a big shift period in many many ways. You know, it involves technology. It involves yeah, a lot I think of different a lot things. of it has to do with uh, when the you know people went to using the credit cards and the uh, what are the other things? The credit card and the debit card. You know, right, it's like right. it's so easy to use those. It's like, it's almost like it's not spending money. But I hate to use a credit card. I carry mine for emergencies too because if I put something on it I don't like it when the bill comes in you know so mm-hmm. if, it's, if it's something if I have the cash I'll buy it but I'm not going to go and put $300 worth of clothes on a credit card of course I wouldn't go out and buy $300 worth of clothes anyway but I mean I'm just not but so many do that you well, know, I don't so think many you people, go in the grocery store either and pay for your groceries using no. a credit card either and a lot of people do that and of course no, they're going to end up paying like, interest I still write checks for everything, and that way I see it. As I'm writing it out, I'm seeing it, and I'm seeing my balance. And every time I write a check, I know how much money I have in my account. Using a credit card just all day long, how how in the hell, a credit card or a debit card, how in the hell would you keep track of your your account, your money, you know? Exactly. I guess people, I guess people do it, but I've seen an awful lot of people Go, you know, they've got, you know, me, I've right now, I think I have, because I took some people out to dinner not long ago, but I think right now I have $300 on my credit card. Now, to me, that's a lot, but it's close to Christmas. And I did put a couple of things on Christmas where I couldn't write a check. But, uh, now I lost my train of thought. Well, it has to do with the fact but that other, you are oh, I'm sorry, responsible. But other people... But other people, they've got twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars on their credit cards, and then can't pay them off. And so they'll end up at some point probably uh, defaulting on that or declaring bankruptcy or whatever. I mean, it, it, it's oh, going to yeah, happen. I've known, yeah, I've known many people that have that have filed for bankruptcy due to credit card debt. And to me, that's just it's it's stupid. But I think an awful lot of people, that's how they live. 
because they don't have enough money to buy the things that they want, so they just put it on a credit card. Yeah, I think so, too. And I think it's just easier, like you said, they've gotten addicted to using it. It, it. it doesn't feel like you're spending money. It's not like pulling cash out and spending it. And a lot of people don't even carry cash anymore. I'm sure you've noticed that a lot of places you've gone oh, where yeah. everybody's Oh, there. yeah. What was that? That uh, was, was uh, from the computer. Oh. Uh, but I took care of it. It's, it's, it's nothing that's going to interrupt the show. We can continue right on. <laughs> in the process of contacting other people who are potential call-ins. <coughs> and um. I think we're going to have a few more callers at some point. Uh, well, anyway, while we were talking about originally the... the Concept of the show was a rant show, but I like discussing all different topics, obviously. And it is open mic tonight. I don't have a set topic. What What are some of your ups and rants about uh, right now, or the holidays, and how people are, and some of the things going on, and so forth? Well, I really don't have much to complain about uh, at all. Uh, oh, that's wonderful. It just I don't know. I get I get so tired of the politics. I've never, in all of my years, I've never seen people so divided and so mean and nasty. And I've seen family, unfriend family, you know, because of politics. And I have seen it in my own family. Uh, my, uh, my brother and I are both Democrats. The rest of our family are Republicans. And mm-hmm. at Thanksgiving, my brother and I had to go out on the back deck and kind of talk, whisper some politics because we couldn't bring up the the topic in our family. Now, that's pretty sad. It is, it is, it is. And you, you've heard the old, old saying about some people have this motto, oh, I'll never discuss politics or religion. The idea being that those are divisive and argumentative. And I know that it does go that way sometimes with some people. Yeah. And and most generally, you know, we don't we don't discuss politics in our family. Uh, you know, at family gatherings and things. Uh but it just so happened that, you know, my brother and I were talking about something and my sister happened to step out onto the, and she just went just berserk because we were talking about, you know, democratic things. And Well, you know, she Carrie, had to that step would... back inside and it's like my brother and I looked at them and it's like, man, we just just can't believe this mindset. Just can't believe it at all. Terry, that would definitely be one of my graphs, and I would like to welcome Northeast Texas to the line. Hello, Hetty. How are you this evening? I'm doing good. How are y'all doing? Oh, doing fantastic. Terry from Illinois is here tonight, and we're discussing, as you know, our, our rants during the holidays. She was just talking about families not getting along, uh, you know, over politics sometimes. Uh, what are oh, your yeah. some of some of your rants, Hetty, what are, what are you encountering uh, during these holidays? Well, I agree. Political disputes between family members, cause, it causes a bigger rift than it should. It really does. And a lot of people let it get too far or place too much, you know, too much importance on family, on political views instead of family values. But what's bugging me these holidays, you know, I, as you know, you know, personal life experience, it took me a long time to get a job, and now I have one. You know, it's a minimum wage job, you know. It's, you know, there's something to be proud of. You know, I don't care who you are. You get, a, get employment, it's hard to find. So, 
last week's scheduling process, all right, your backstory before I talk about my actual problem with it, though, is mm-hmm. I applied to be a manager, a general manager of this entire store. And I'm a convicted felon, so I can't be one. Um, I have to be crime-free for seven years. Well, this was recent, so it certainly hadn't been seven years. So instead of the management, I get told I can be the regular base minimum wage employee, which is fine. Yay, job. Okay, cool. So last week's scheduling went on. They hired a new GM or whatever, a new general manager, after they hired me because they needed one. And um, she's been, you know, flopping around and catching up and trying to do crazy amounts of insane amount of work, you know, just for it to be our local area. It's not that big and impressive of a store or nothing like that. Last week, she scheduled me for only one solitary day, period, for the entire week schedule, which apparently was not what she meant to do. Apparently, they just forgot to schedule me, which, you know, I'm an easygoing gal. I saw fine and dandy, whatever, you know, no big dealio. If you need me, you have my number. You don't got to mess up anyone else's hours on my account. Just, you know, remember me next week. So guess what happens this week? I'm I'm just completely not on the schedule at all. I have no hours. Now, I have three small kids. And I can understand the mishap of, okay, new manager, you don't know everybody, you hurry through this and you skip me, I get it. But two weeks in a row is not really cool at all for anybody, period. And then whenever I have your personal cell number and I text message you about it and six hours pass and you still haven't replied to me, what kind of general manager are you trying to be? Because if the schedule is this big of an issue, well, apparently I don't have anything to do all week. I can make a schedule. I mean, you know, ain't no big deal. I don't understand how. Well, I would think that wouldn't they need you as an employee to be working there? I mean, right? That's what I thought. I mean, I'm a pretty decent helper. Um, They finally found where to put me where I'm not in the way, you know, so, I mean. And, you know, with the cold, wet, damp, foggy weather we've been having, I would think pizza sales have gone through the roof. So working at a pizza place should be very busy. And not to mention, it's not, you know, it's it's one of those, you know, we have it ready all day long kind of things. So you're always making pizza. It is a continual job. Someone must continuously be doing that task. So, I mean, I know there's plenty of chances for me to be there that they need help. But, like, I don't understand. What in the heck are you doing? I found out through other people that were working on the one day that I was scheduled last week to go to work. They don't understand how come, like, on not her shifts, they're so short-handed, and they figured it out. She must be scheduling the people she likes. And I'm like, well, what the hell did I do? Oh, <laughs> oh I see. So she has an abundance of employees then. Uh, Well, not like she might. I don't know. There's plenty. There are plenty of employees. Mm-hmm. And it's, there's a lot of turnover within our store, though, because it is just a minimum wage job. And plus, the area we live in doesn't have a lot of uh, driven people to employ so there's a lot of people that flake off and just say, screw this job and don't even bother telling them that they're quitting or don't even show up anymore, you know. That happens often. But, you know, even still, I mean, I know that I'm on the list of employees. I know you got to look at that schedule before you submit it. I mean, did no one notice a whole seven days worth of blank in the middle of all of it? Because there's been people hired after me who's getting hours. And I'm kind of uh, – 
I'm just really uh, kind of irritated more so about the lack, you know, the neg- for one, the negligence of paying attention to the entirety of your job that I wanted, for one, and then for two, ignoring me, because there ain't no way you didn't get my text message when it was still daylight out. I mean, <laughs> there's just no way. And during the holidays especially, I don't got a lot to look forward to, but, you know, I mean, more like my kiddo's birthday's tomorrow. I mean, you know, these paychecks, you know, hours come in handy whenever you're a parent. And they come in handy whenever you're Especially with work. Christmas coming up, yeah. I think you're dead on that she's she's showing favoritism to, to certain employees. Yeah. Yeah. And it's yeah. A, and it's and it's absolutely not really fair. This lady's not even from this area. Uh it's like it's not like it's her actual buddies she hangs out with and that come visit her at her house or nothing. It's just people who work there. And while I understand, you know, you're going to be nice to your friends, whatever, I get it. It shouldn't be in the workplace, you know, but it's going to be. You know, a lot of things shouldn't be, but they are. But still, you know, don't sit there and cut a little guy you don't even know. You know, don't cut my legs out from underneath me without even giving me a chance to try and stand on it. I mean, here I said it takes me a long time to get a job. And once again, I'm a convicted felon. My charges are not the prettiest charges, and they're the ones that – they do background checks just specifically for. And so, I mean, it takes I'll me tell you something. Getting... I'll tell you something that's strange. The company that I worked for for 38 years and retired from, it's a large, uh, large uh, com- company, R.R. Donnelly's printing. And mm-hmm. uh, they actually, the plant now, which is uh, about 20 miles to the west of me, they need 100 mm-hmm. full-time employees right now and cannot get them. Because the people now, the younger people now, will not work the 12 hours and will not work the weekends like we did. Well, I'm here they to tell you what. Did they offer, or, I tell you what, they offered me a place to stay until my first paycheck. They got me. I'll be there. I'll work 14 hours. I'll work two 12 hours. I don't care. <laughs> Unfortunately, you'd have to relocate to Illinois to get that one. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know. But I, was, I was there once, and it was beautiful. And so I wouldn't be sad about it. You know, sometimes Texas sucks. <laughs> Contrary yeah. to that old the, the old slogan, don't mess with Texas. I, I understand what you're saying. <laughs> well, you see what's really messed up. They say don't mess with Texas, but whenever Texas messes with Texas, we ain't got nothing to do about it, and it sucks. <laughs> it's and just so, one of those, uh, uh, as they say, right to work states, uh, and so they can get away with a lot of stuff in Texas that they ought not to be able to. Yeah. And and they do, and you know, and you know, they say they they shouldn't profile or judge or or you know it, anything you've done shouldn't keep you from doing your job, and you know, you don't where, where I worked they, at, you don't even have to have uh, a, a high school diploma, a GED, nothing. We had well, convicted you know that felons Jordan, there. We had yeah. we had rapists there. We had men that had been in prison. We had because in later years, that's all they could get. Yeah, and I mean, and even still, what it what really sucks is whenever you're trying to get a job, and you know that whenever you have a job, you will work hard. If you know yourself well enough, and, and then that's who you are, it's so disappointing, and it's even more so disheartening whenever all you're looking for is a chance. And, you know, that's one of my bigger selling points on a dang interview. It's like, if you give me a chance to work for you, you will have one of the most loyal employees you got. I will try and strive to do my best every day and to learn every part of my job because that's just the way it goes. You don't want someone making you look bad, and I don't want to look bad. I want to be proud of what I do. 
And with this job, I mean, I have absolutely stressed my mind going bananas, trying to be, you know, trying to do a good job at this place. And they do things so weird there. Like I've worked in pizza restaurants my, you know, entire employment career and at many different types of restaurants. I mean, I've known the situation Sunday. And they do things so weird here. I've never messed up on a job, on any job, grand total, than I have at this one job. But they finally found where to put me so I can, you know, you know, be productive and not be a hindrance, you know, because I, I get on people's nerves and I understand. But it's even still, once you find that spot for me, we'll put me there. Let me do it. And yet still, uh, here I sit, no answer from the, my main boss. I mean, my other bosses don't know what the heck's going on. They don't know what to tell me. They can't tell me nothing because they don't make the schedule anymore because it's not their job. And yet, the what if he just job... started showing up there every day or two and 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 saying something like, "Am I on the schedule? Can, can you know? Can you put me on? You know, something like that, or, or somehow offered yourself up for when somebody else calls in sick or doesn't show up and just. Let them know, hey, I'll I'll do the the extra hours, you know. Oh yeah, well, see, I've already let them know that, and they they called me in a couple of times last week, and I would work, no problem, couple hours, go in in the morning, help set up, and stay if they need it, and if they didn't, then okay, I'd go. They got my number, and they know where to find me. They know I'll be there, you know. If if I can, I will. I got you, and I'll let you know either way, you know, one hundred percent right up front. You know, I ain't gonna try and pull your leg and string you along about it. And so, I mean, I've got, you know, I've let them know. You know, from where I live, though, and from where my job is, and without me having my own vehicle, I can't just hurry to take off and go show up over there, but too much. But Are there other in, places in town that you could apply? I Before, I went, I just recently got out of prison in August, and I left and went in last April. And before that, I had been two years without employment just for misdemeanors on my record and actively trying to find work anywhere. I mean, I, I've applied and gone everywhere that I can try. And so whenever I found out they were hiring, I said, I know a lot of people who work there that aren't quite savory people. So, heck, yeah, sign me up. I already know. They'll hire me. <laughs> so, you know, i got to lower my job standards. Are there, there any factories there? Yes, there are. And whenever they start hiring, it's really hard to get on because those are the best jobs that are in our town. Um, but, it's you know, our town is so small, yet it's so not small that if you have a job, if anyone has a job, it's probably at one of these factories here because, once again, they're hard to come by whenever they get full. they got a stack waiting to be pulled out, you know, pulled out before mine. I mean, I got... Well, see, that's the way way that my company that I worked at, that's the way my company was when I started there. Mm -hmm. Uh, They, you know, it was the place to work. And people, I mean, in order to get on, but this was back in 74, in yeah. order to get on, you either had to be related to somebody or know somebody. Well, the summer that I was hired in 74, they they were getting ready to expand the plant, and they mm-hmm. needed 100 full-time employees, and that was the only way I was able to get on. But now yeah. it's gone in the different direction to where now they need 100 people and can't get people to apply. I spoke with one of my foremans uh, about a month ago, and he said, Cherry, he said, he said, if you would come over here, come back, he said, we would take you with open arms. Oh, I'm 64 years old. I'm 64 years old. <laughs> but I did, my, I did my time, and 
I'm done. I'm retired. I'm done. I worked 45 years of my life, and I'm done. <laughs> I don't blame you. I don't blame you there. <laughs> but that's just how desperate they are for people. And that, you know, and that's, that's really cool that they need people, and it's just it really sucks they can't find them because then you have, on you know, on the other end of the map, you've got people like me who sit here yeah. twiddling yeah. their thumbs, absolutely but, hating it. Well, the ones in, like I said, the ones in this area, the ones they have to pull from, the younger bunch, they will not work to 12. This this plan is 24-7 operation. Yeah. And the yeah, young people like are not, you know, we were scheduled. Well, there was nothing for us to work 13 days in a row of 12 hours. Oh, yeah. We and have factories that do that here. You know, they'll work you, they'll work you almost a whole month and a day off, at least 12 to 14-hour days. I mean, shoot, I was worried I wasn't going to be able to even work anymore in, in an actual work environment. I was scared because it had been so long. And whenever I was in prison, I got up every single day. I had They gave us two days off, but I went in on one day anyway. And I mean, I'd work 12, 14 hours easy all day long, no pay, and be just fine at the end of the day. And and it was really, you know, that was a big thing for me. Well, never, but I learned about myself and the real cause that, yep, I can still do it, and I can do a good job at it, too. And I won't hate nothing about it. Whenever and, I the, and the funny thing about it was, in later years, I'd say probably the last five years that I worked there, the ones that showed up every day were the ones that had been there 20, 30 years. We showed up yeah. every day. The younger ones, the Donnelly policy was eight call-ins in one year, and you were out. It didn't matter who you were, what position you had, nothing. Eight mm-hmm. call-ins in one year, and you were out. Most of the young ones would have eight call-ins within a month. I had, in 38 years, I had five call-ins. Man. You see, and that's just shameful. You know, that reminds me about my ex-husband. I, don't, I can't tell you how many jobs are in his only just two-year job uh, history, really. Because, I mean, I, I I still ain't ever seen anything like it. I'm here to tell you all right now. It's a it's a magician's trick. Houdini couldn't even learn this thing. Where you go <laughs> and you work for someone and for just a month, and then in a blaze of glory, you burn off and quit. And you instantly have another dang job. And then you blow that one off in a couple of weeks, and then boom, right after that, you have another dang job. It's the damnest thing I ever saw. Well, in, in, in later years, they started uh, uh, the temporary services. They were mm-hmm. bringing in people, you know, that were just working basically part-time. They didn't have to pay yeah. them any benefits. And those were the yeah. ones that I spoke to a man one time, and he had been, he said that, in two years, he'd had 12 jobs, you know, and he just went from, you know, he'd work at one job for a couple of months, quit that, go to another job, and then, you know, just, well, yeah, I don't know, just, to me, I mean, that, that sounds, was just beyond me. Yeah, that sounds nice and on paper, but, like, dang, how can you be okay with that? And, I mean, if it's, if it's over an area, if it's not within the same city limits, of each other, I can understand that. You're going to change the location and change your environment. I get the need to, I get the drive and the need to move around. But if you're in the same dang zip code for at least the last five years, how in the heck do you do this? Because I'm asking the same people for a job, and yet here I sit getting told no, or we've hired so we're full, or whatever. 
or some kind of, you know, BS, I'm going to blow you off, status, you know, status quo quote that they're going to tell you. And and yet here... Well, that was, the way that, that was the way that the temp services, the temporary services worked. You well, know, yeah, the people went yeah. in and applied, and a lot of them were people that couldn't get jobs anywhere else. Yeah. And because, well, I mean, you, you know, of their work record or whatever. But, yeah, yeah it's like, yeah, you, know, you know, sure, it, sure, they'd go in and say, well, yeah, I'll, we'll send you out to our, our Donnelly's, and they'd be out there for two weeks. Well, they'd quit that job. Well, they'd go back in, and then they'd send them out to GE for a month. And yeah. they were always being sent anywhere and everywhere. Well, see, yeah, if you're going to sign up, you're going to sign up to do temp jobs and temp services. Well, that's, you know, I can respect that pretty, I can respect that pretty well. That's a hard deal to do all the time. It's hard to start a new place and learn a new way to do things. It really is. And I can have a little bit more respect. You signed up to have a job for a minute, and then you're going to have, and to have to find one again within six months. You know, you're going to have to find another one soon, and it's only going to be another short one. You know, you did you did that, but whenever you're not part of temp service and you're just Joe Schmo down the road and applying to everywhere this way and that, and then yet burning a bridge where you sure know you cannot work there again, how are there still places that will hire you? I don't understand. It is beyond me. It's, 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 it's unfair in the most childlike, tantrumic way possible, you know? And it sucks saying being a grown at, grown adult and sitting there and saying it's unfair because it's like ugh, life isn't fair. Yet, truly, well, is there any way that you're in Texas, right? Mm-hmm. Is there any way that you can relocate as of right and know now, where there's now. jobs? As of right now, no, ma'am. If it weren't for my kids staying here and in this same town and. This being the only chance I get to be with them, then I would I wouldn't even be here right now. I would have already found somewhere else to be and start because I would have been able to do it. Yeah, because I know um, an awful lot of people that you know they're when they can't find jobs, you know they're relocating. We I talked to a lady the other day. We we are right across the street from me. They're building a brand new family dollar, and I talked to mm-hmm. a lady when I was getting my nails done, and she said that her husband they were from Kentucky. Her mm-hmm. husband was up here helping to build that. He was one of the builders. Yeah. And I said, my gosh, you guys are a long way from home. She goes, there's no jobs here in Kentucky. We have to go yeah. where the work is. And she said her oh, husband man. hadn't been home in two months. Oh, man. And that creates because they're working. Because they got a deadline, and they're basically trying to work. Well, they're like, working oh, Saturdays and Sundays over there. Yeah, they're trying to the, get it done. Yeah, and the... And it's it's thirty degrees here, you know, and they're working out out in the yeah. open. Man, and you see, but like, you know, it's like that. It's like that all over the country. You know, certain mm-hmm. places, certain areas, they do have some jobs, but it's it's not just it's not but just look, in your area. It's not just in oh, my yeah. area. It's it's all over the country. The jobs yeah. just aren't there anymore. And it sucks because, I mean, there's people that's like me. I know a couple of people that if they would just get given a shot, they would do just fine, you know. And, I mean, it's like I know the struggle for everyone is real. And there's different, like, it's at different peaks of, of, of what kind of struggle it is, but we're all still struggling. And I know we need to stay strong in our struggles. I get it. But, man, it's just it's almost like, when is there going to be a break? I mean, I know as me being a convicted felon, I know that there's companies that hire. I got the list of it. I got 
I know that there's all that stuff that happened, but why? Well, like, I just, it's, oh, it can be made so much easier. There's so much red tape to have to go through just to be gainfully employed, period, much less if you're happy with your job. So much red tape that prevents people who will do a good job from even getting a chance to try. And it also hinders the companies that are looking for people to work because they can't, they have to market to a certain, you know, demographic just to get the job. And that demographic isn't looking in their direction because they got higher sites. And and to them, whatever job would be wanting to be filled is a settling job. And they don't want to settle for something that they don't think they'll like, you know, like, I, you know, like I can't work at McDonald's because I'm a felon. Well, you know, some people wouldn't want to settle and work at McDonald's. Well, you know what? I would really like to work at McDonald's. I guarantee you I'd get hours. <laughs> I mean, hours equal paycheck. <laughs> and paycheck equals happy Christmas. But over the holidays, over the holidays, it's really just been, that's, that right there has been just about it. That's really absolutely just crawled all over me is, People just either a being petty and and holding grudges against the wrong kind of people, or b just absolute carelessness and preoccupation and just shirking with their own responsibilities they should do, and it affects others. And they just don't. I don't guess they notice it. And if they do notice it, they're not taking you know they're not taking any steps in order to remedy it. And it's really infuriating. It's really disappointing especially whenever you wanted to do that job and that's what you went after and you weren't able to because of things you can't, you know, things that happen. (laughs) And yet, and now it's like, no, you can't do this because you know, you, you messed up before and you have to go this long without messing up. Okay, cool. Well, guess what? The person you have to do this job is messing, the person's messing up right now and it's kind of messing with everybody. So, it's ridiculous and unfortunate that there's this level of, and it's basically discrimination. That's what it is. There's a level of discrimination yeah. that, against people who have any kind of criminal record. And what's I knew that and worked at uh, worked at Ward's out there across from Paris Junior College. Uh, Ward Steiner, you know, he was a dishwasher, mm-hmm. and then he he got all the hours he wanted, you know, because he he just had worked there for a long, long time. But there would be people who came in and applied. And if they had any criminal record whatsoever, the minute they walked out the door, that application went straight into the garbage. He told me that. Manager would just toss it into the garbage can. Their application they're reading up, looked at. That's right over there at Ward's across from Paris Junior College. That's the yeah, type of level of discrimination, you know, that, that, that's ridiculous, though. So. It you shouldn't know be crazy? that way. It mm-hmm. shouldn't. And what's crazy is that Ward's, where you're talking about, is such an open environment that that wasn't even done in secret. Now, just imagine those people who's got an office and a door that they can shut. Imagine all the discrimination that goes on behind there. I mean, it's like places around here, like with my criminal record, I tried to apply at a restaurant here, and it's a, it's one of our main town staple restaurants. It really is. And one of our councilmen, our city councilman, he ran it, sort of, you know. Uh, he had mm-hmm. his name on it, but you but you got to know that that man didn't go in there and really do nothing. And you want to know the only way I would have got that job is if I would have messed around with that councilman. That's the only way I would have got that job. And you got me messed up from the floor up. If you think that that's how I'm going to get that job, I got better. Yeah, and there's I, a lot of that going on too. And that, yeah. and that, that's the type of thing that's. By the way, and I'm glad you brought that up because you know that now the Harvey Weinstein thing, and I know you've been keeping up with that on yeah. as well, Terry, and then oh, all yeah. these other 
sex scandals out of Hollywood. Oh, yeah. That is a rampant problem nationwide, and it's really beginning to snowball. That is now becoming a major topic, and I'm glad you brought it up. Because, oh, yes, yeah. There's now, well, women are speaking out now. But you know yes. what is weird, Rich? Huh. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah, yes. I notice on Facebook when, you know, people are commenting about, you know, this one and that one and everything. A lot of the men will come in and say, well, these women are lying. They just want 15 minutes of fame or they want money or whatever. You know, something that happened 20, 30 years ago. It's and like, why ridiculous. are they coming out now? It's like, well, maybe they were afraid and maybe they weren't going to get a part. Maybe they were going to lose money. You know, whatever. I mean, why and not so come many out women that have, Women that have been raped, mm-hmm. a, lot, a lot of them don't come forward. I know that for a fact. I know that for a fact as well. I'm a victim of sexual violence. I've I've been raped, and that's not a very pleasant thing for anyone to come through. And no one can really comprehend exactly what kind of thoughts go through the victim's head whenever that occurs. Because, you know, growing up, I always had this whole plan. If something was to happen, I could do this, I could do this, I could do all these things to help get me out of this situation. I can escape. I can tuck and roll out the car or, you know, whatever. I can do that. You know, blah, 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 blah. Well, you want to know how sad and disappointed I was at myself for not doing anything except for going along with it? No one can ever, you know, and it took me a minute to get over that and to know that I shouldn't be sad at myself for anything because I did exactly what I needed to do because I was unsure about my safety at the point. You know, because you didn't know what anyone had on them, whether they had guns or how far they were willing to go, because already this was happening. So, and so for people waiting 20 to 30 years before they speak about something, well, excuse me, excuse me, but I, uh, kudos to whomever it is that speaks out against all that, because that takes, A, a lot of guts, B, oh, yeah. a lot of balls, yeah. and I mean, I'm sorry for Well, anything, and like, some of them are, are some of them that are speaking out are major movie stars. Yeah, you know, oh, yeah. They, Here's, um, they don't have anything to gain by it, really. Well, you see, exactly. Like other than wants, being blacklisted. Be, yeah, you who know. wants to be famous for that? Oh, yeah, uh-huh, 15 minutes of fame? Hell yeah, I'm going to sit there and say I was a victim. That'll get me famous. It's like, excuse me, I didn't need this attention. Like, this is not something I want to be known for. But this is something that needs to be brought to light. So all these people, I've seen those people. They want to sit there and naysay against someone speaking out. I've seen those people, and I shake my head at it, and it really makes me concerned for the people around them because that is red flag but that makes me think that they're going to sit there. It, that, it, it really okay. pisses me off. Uh, yeah. So many men, not all, but so many men that I see that make comments on these different, uh, you know, sites and whatever, you know, they're mm-hmm. like, you know, they they don't believe the women. You know, and then they yeah. It, well, my my boyfriend and, and say nasty, me terrible things. You know, and yeah. it's like, why would you not believe the woman? Like, why would I you lie know? about this? Like, really? Like, why would I make this kind of a thing up? Whenever I was whenever I was raped, I was uh, politely driven back to the place that I was picked up at by the people who had done so, and they dropped me off. Well, I saw, I saw my boyfriend shortly thereafter within five minutes because, excuse me, I'm going home. I ain't about to sit there and be outside anymore. I'm done. I'm done with today. I'm probably done with the month. And um, and he didn't believe that, that was what happened to me. And that right there threw me over the edge. I couldn't believe that. I said, really? Yeah. Of all the things yeah. in the world I could have ever lied to you about in my entire life, you think I want to lie about that? What good is that going to do for me? I can tell you that my favorite dog got run over by a car and get as much pity. Get more pity if I'm looking for a pity party right now. Are you serious? Who wants to lie about this? And what's messed up, though, about this whole thing with Hollywood and all the, all the you know, stuff coming out is that there's, a, there's an actor whose name is Terry Crews, 
And I don't know if y'all got the face to put with the name on who I'm talking about. Um, if you've ever seen White Chicks, he was the black guy going after one of the white girls right there, you know, the main dude in there. And he's in a whole bunch of movies. He's in uh, Now for Nancy Chuck and Larry and all this other stuff. But even the men who are bringing it to light or supporting all the women are getting blacklisted and major, like, major repercussions just for that. And Terry Crews is one of them. He even posted on Twitter how if something happens to me, you know, something just happens to happen, you know who did it. He went and placed, um, he went and pressed chart, went to go make a report at the LAPD for sexual assault because he was assaulted by somebody at an event. And so he went ahead and went to do it after he, had, you know, came out about it. And they had, they have not stopped harassing him and his family. LAPD well, told him. And, and, and the response that Corey Feldman has gotten when he's tried to come out, you know. Yeah, and, and exactly. talk about it, you know. Yeah, and he's been, been Corey's been rest. talking about it for 20 years. And then yeah, nobody, and, you know, and, and, and he's, threatening to, he's threatening to expose a big-time ring of producers, mm-hmm. directors, yeah. Yeah. movie yeah. heads. Yeah, uh, you know, producers, uh, the elite. I mean, no, I'm not saying that it's true, but you can imagine in your mind the ones that are running in, say, someone like uh, Steven Spielberg's yeah. orbit. The entire that's the kind of thing that he's trying to expose. Not saying that it is Steven, but something that would be that Some big, big name. Somebody Some on that, that level. level. That Somebody crazy. on that level. Yeah. 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 Someone that high ranking. And that's yeah. what's really scary because, you know, and that's why I'm really proud of Hollywood people coming out and letting everyone know what's going on. I'm really proud of them for doing it, for one, because that's, that, for one, that's phenomenal that you're actually getting the gumption to go ahead and let someone know that that was not right and this happened to you, you know. And it's like, and the fact that they're doing it is just, it needs to be done because this whole country, this whole world was so unaware. Like, as a woman, it, it you know, Everybody's day is different, and women have different challenges. The men, men have different challenges. The women, and that's just to go through the day and function. But a lot of times, half of the entire species on our planet doesn't notice that women have a hard time just going to the store because we have to not look too friendly. We have to not politely nod. We can't smile. I can't go to our local um, donation shelter here. It's Christians in Action. I can't go there without getting hit on twice and getting creepy people following me in my car. I mean, you know, in one day. And it's, you know, it's it's really nice to learn how to say no. It really is. But it's really irritating because they don't teach you what to say at, whenever they don't take that no as, no as a no. Well, there you was know? one thing. One thing about where I work that was really good, we uh, their policy, and they have 350,000 employees all over the world, mm-hmm. their policy is zero tolerance for sexual harassment and has been for 30 years. And, that's, and it was that not awesome. condoned at all. We were safe. And I worked strictly with men. I was the yeah. only woman in the area that I worked in. I worked strictly with men for almost 40 years. And, and awesome. you had you no if problem. you had somebody bother you, you went and you told your foreman, and mm-hmm. it was taken care of immediately. They could. They, we had to have right. every year. We and this was a good thing. We had yeah. sexual harassment classes every year, mandatory. Everybody had to take them to know what was considered, you know, what is sexual harassment. Because a lot of men yeah. don't realize that. If you walk up to a woman and start 
telling dirty jokes or saying something about, yo, man, you got a nice rack or, boy, you got a nice butt, that is sexual harassment. Or even on the more subtle turn, you know, side of that coin, on, on a lot of men don't know it's sexual harassment. They don't know that it's sexual harassment to put your arm around someone's shoulder. You could be, and what's, what's sucky is, you know, that could be making me feel uncomfortable, and you could be meaning nothing by anything. You could really just be being chummy and having, you know, and me being an armrest. However, well, you don't understand, you know, you don't understand. That's my bubble. You popped it. You didn't even ask if you could. And so that's yeah, my we violation were, line. We weren't, we weren't allowed to touch each other, you know. Yeah. We weren't allowed. And also the dating policy. If a man asked you out and you refused him the first time, that was fine. Mm-hmm. If he asked you out again and you refused him, then you went to your foreman and he was fired. Well, and, and oh, Sherry wow. and Eddie, both of you, if you if you stop and think about it and, and look back over time, I'm sure both of you have seen the series Mad Men. And Terry, I yeah. think you probably remember the movie The Apartment that had uh, uh, yeah. Shirley MacLaine in it and, uh, and Jack Lemmon. Culturally, we've shifted, we've changed. You know, back in, in the 60s and 70s, it was just not unusual at all for the boss to be hitting on the secretary and for there to be the inner office harassment and slapping on the, yeah. the behind and this kind of thing. All of that changed in the 80s, and we've moved, we've, you know, completely in the other direction where none of that is tolerated. So I think a lot of, of, of men, and, you know, I'm one of them, we haven't all accepted and realized the huge cultural shift that's taken place. Yeah. And to me, yeah. you know, that that policy was in effect at our plant for so long, but yet there were still stupid men that would do stupid things to get fired. You know, yeah. just ridiculous things. You know, you I, know was, I was working up under a machine one time. Uh, you know, it was my job to work, get down yeah. and get and pull clutter out from underneath the the paper machine. Yeah. And I happened to have a, a little tiny hole in the back of my uh, uh, blue jeans on my mm-hmm. uh, high up just right below my butt. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was basically laying on the floor to do this. One of my coworkers walked over, took his finger, and stuck it in that hole and rubbed the back of my leg. And oh, it yeah, just so happened... Sense that my immediate boss was standing right there and he said, <laughs> that's it. He said, you go to the foreman and you go right now. The guy didn't get fired because I said, no, you know, he yeah. thought it was funny, but not to do it again. I didn't want to see him lose his job. He had four children. Now, why yeah. in the hell was he doing that? I was doing uh-huh. nothing provocative. I was doing my job laying in basically black grease cleaning out a machine. Yeah. And and, and it's not like you have to do that. Yeah, but he thought he so many men okay. have that yeah. mindset. You yeah. Know. And that's they have what the it's mindset got, of that's not a big deal. It's got to yeah. change. It, and, mm-hmm. it's wor- and you know what, that's what's working right now, is that it's working on change right now. And the first part of it is bringing awareness to how much and how vast it's really occurring how many times it's oh, yeah. really happening and how right beside you it's happening. It's happening every day, every situation, every which way, every 16 million ways from Sunday. It's oh, happening. yeah. It's, and that's, it's in politics. It's in the it's workplace. In it's in, it's yeah. in Hollywood. I mean, it's, you know, it's, at home. it's your I'm next so, door neighbor. You know, it's, it's in everywhere. The it's in the pedestrian walkway across the street. I mean, it happens everywhere. 
It's on the airplane going to your business meeting across the state or, or something. It's, it's you know, it's going to your car before I think you even what, get in. I think what we're going through right now is kind of like the time that, remember, uh, what was that movie that that scared the hell out of men where the the woman just went berserk? Remember that, Rich? Uh, It'll come to me in a minute. Give me, give me more details. Uh, Michael. Oh, shit. It was a real. Oh, are you talking movie. about the one with uh, Michael Douglas for the Fatal Attraction? Yeah, yeah, and yeah, Glenn Close. Yeah, yeah. Glenn Close. Yeah. Remember how that yeah. scared men to death? <laughs> you know, for quite some time. I think what yeah. we're going through right now is going to kind of be the same thing as far as scaring men. I think. And you know, and what's really funny about it, scaring men, the whole phrasing of that is that. You know, there's been a lot of, along with the people who have said, you know, I don't see why they're coming and talking about it 30 years later. Those, the people that are right beside those people saying that are the people that are saying, oh, it's a scary time to be a man right now. And that's been a big trend statement on, you know, on the social media sites. And what's well, really yeah. funny is that it's, yeah. well, it's got, well, you see, it's got yeah. a lot of, a lot of uh, feedback, you know, not a feedback, but fallback too. Because it's like, are, are, you know, pardon my language, but are you, you know, are you an asshole? Are you a jerk? Are you going to sit there? And, are you violating someone? Are you harassing people? Well, then yeah. it's not a scary time for you. And yeah, I had a friend of mine say you know? the, I, just the other day, he said, you know, we were talking about all of this, and he said he's, he, he's 64 years old and single, too. And yeah. uh, he goes, well, he said, Cherry, he said, if I go out on a date, what, what will I do? What, what, what would I know to do and not to do? He said, I don't know. You know, he hasn't dated since, you know, he was dated his, his wife, you yeah. know, like 40 years ago. Well, and I so these kind of things are going through men's minds now. What they, what are we allowed to do now? What are we allowed to say? Uh, like what it, what it honestly ends up being, though, I got a wonderful piece of advice that I tell everybody. Just ask. I mean, we, women as gender, we're not, you know, we're not like being a praying mantis. We're not going to devour you. When we're done, I mean, it's not like if you do anything, we're going to just sit there and gobble you up and then walk away and carry about our merry little day. We're not going to do that. So if you really want to know, hey, is it okay for me to put my arm around? Yes. Just, just legit. You can honestly just straight ask us, and we will like you more for the sake that you ask than anything else. I swear. If you, you know, or ask, hey, may I kiss you? You know what? That's a very sweet question to ask somebody. I don't care who you are. I'm 29 years old. I'm part of the younger generation that's stupid as heck. I mean, it's no, you know, no, and as rude as I'll get out. I'm part of those people. But it still is a very humbling thing for someone to respect you enough to care whether or not you want them there or you want them to do something. And person to person, adult to adult, you can ask, you should be able to ask anybody yeah. anything. Well, and and if you know, you know you're together and you've dated someone and blah blah, and the man, mm-hmm. if he he says you know, uh, you know it's maybe it's getting kind of time for the sex, you know, and the man yeah. says you know, can I make love to you or may I make love to you? You know that's right. That's, that's been okay said to me, to you know, yeah. more than once, and that's okay the best to thing ask. to do is to ask. If you're not sure whether what you're doing is appropriate or welcomed or warranted for the love of all that is holy, pull out your fifth grader or your five-year-old and ask us. Get your curious little mind at work and just ask the random question because I have always been raised. The only stupid question is the one you do not ask. And there are, you know, 
and it ain't going to hurt to be told no. I mean, you don't, you should be the same way after the no as you should be after the yes. I mean, you know, nothing should change. You just asked a question, and now you know, and knowledge is power, so go forth and know things. Ask things. People just don't ever want to ask anything about anything, much less about being able to touch somebody else or, or interact with somebody else intimately. I mean, nobody... You know, beyond that, no one ever wants to just ask. And well, that's where I think the the mindset is starting to change a little bit from just you know the guy just jumping on the woman. Yeah. You know, after a, a date or a few dates or whatever. Now it's like they're going to start asking permission, or they yeah. should. You know, I mean, they should if they're smart. Somebody, they should. Just because you go out with someone, there should be no assumption that you're going to get laid. I mean, that shouldn't be what you're going out for. If you want to go out and just randomly have sex with somebody, you should be honest with yourself enough to be upfront with you and whomever it is you're involved with to do so. I mean, it's 2017. You need to get past the little faux pas barrier and what you think might be taboo to say and just straight up and just be honest with you and whomever your business is with because that's just the way it should be. The simplest and most peaceful way to exist together is to just be well, and it's a point. way. It's a way for the man to protect himself too. Yes, it's not even just about you know, yes. that. That way, if you give permission, you know, you can't come back later and say, "Hey, you know, and say, this hey, guy I raped me." You can't. You can't do that. Which I'm sure yeah. it 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 does happen. I'm sure you know, but yeah, I mean, it, most you know, generally, it's, probably not. Yeah, usually after you're starting to go through with it, well, then, you know, you've already consented and you're going through it. Now, granted, at any time you can say no and make your no known, of course, if you change your mind, you can do that. And if it still persists, well, then that's, a, you know, that's a violation against your wishes and there's no more consent, you know, between both parties. And, you know, to me, anyway, that's the way I feel about it, that, you know. But if you can... Hey, Rich, you got any rants? You know, one of the one of the comments I was going to make on, on yeah, well, I, I was going to respond to what what Haley's just saying there. There's a book, and I'm sure you're familiar with it, Terry, and you may be as well. Eddie Robert Fulgham, Fulgham like that, I may be mispronouncing his last name. Everything I needed to know in life, I learned in kindergarten. It's a wonderful book. He wrote several, but that's one of his first ones, and it has these life lessons, you know, and and it's basically all of it boils down to respect. Respect yeah. for the other person, respect for the yeah. other person's wishes. Well, yeah, and a lot all of it's just, just plain common sense, too, you know. Yeah, if you think about it, yeah, it is. But so many, you know, uh, there's, you know, I've found throughout my lifetime that so many men, you know, they don't think with their heads. You know, they At don't all. think with their 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 brain, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying all, I'm saying an awful lot. Yeah, it's 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 quite a lot and, of people. You know, you have you, it's hard to find genuine good people who have respect for themselves and others, and who actually think. And you know, that's what makes those special people so special. And you know, and we all have them in our lives. Those people that you know can't blend in with the crowd because they're meant to stand out and be different because they are. And yet, so many of the masses, it's vast with how many uh, just have. Just how many just are just absolutely Neanderthals never comes to interaction, or things that are smart to do instead of just and it's, what they you want. know people are just still to this day you know people are flabbergasted because you know men will rape and men will do this and 
Yeah, men, an awful lot of men, not all, but an awful lot of men will, men will push the envelope if they can. Yeah, they will push it as far they as they can. And the only thing that I can say is it's testosterone. That's all in the hell it can be is testosterone. Apparently, Speaking some, I think Speaking some of have a lot. Well, uh, Terry, tonight would have been a good night for Dan Patrick to be on. You know, he always has a yeah. lot of testosterone oh, yeah, when he's on the show. Yeah, yeah. He's probably a real I know you, you, you and he I'm have sure. had a few classic moments, and I need to do a best of show that contains all the moments between you and Dan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He would, he would, he would definitely be a Neanderthal. I'm sure. <laughs> he's in Tampa, Florida. I did, I did contact him to try to get him on the show tonight, but I guess he's busy. You know what, with the holidays and what have you, but. We're going to have more rap shows. Don't worry. There's going to be plenty more of them. <laughs> oh, guys, my phone's trying to kill itself. And so, and I don't have a charger long enough to really make a difference. My life support well, and, is in the room. Past the one hour mark. So as I, I'm, I'm willing to call it a show if you guys are. I want to tell you both I, I appreciate you calling in tonight. Thanks for being part of tonight's rap show. And I want to wish well, you, Eddie, nice and you talking to all of you. And happy holidays. And happy holidays everywhere, y'all. It was really All nice. Right. And good it. luck to you. I hope you either get more hours on your job or <laughs> you can find another job. Well, I appreciate it, and thank you very much. I really I really do appreciate that. I, it'll work out however it's supposed to work out, and I know I'll be all out for it either way. Yeah. Well, and stay classic, strong. Classic holiday um, tradition to all a good night. <laughs> <laughs> Merry Bye-bye. Christmas. Merry Christmas, Bye-bye. y'all. Bye-bye. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.